Welcome to the Clean Truth, where we like to call bullshit on the status quo. Welcome back to the Clean Truth, and look who's back. <laughs> I haven't been here for a while. I got kicked off. <laughs> you got fired. <laughs> fired. We actually did an interview yesterday that hasn't dropped yet, and the guy that was on the show asked if Ben was the new co-host. I know I've been gone for a while. You kicked me off. So. Well, you've been gone. All right, before we before we start, we always do truth or dare, beginning of the episode, and we're on a truth this week, so lay it on me. You'll keep swiping. How are we going to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. Guilty pleasure as in what, man? Like, do you have a TV show that's embarrassing that you like to watch? Oh, mine's easy, Housewives. <laughs> that's pretty bad. I love them, they're my soap. He's a Bravo junkie. <laughs> Bravo junkie. What's yours? My guilty pleasure. Hmm. Just stick with TV shows. We're gonna keep <laughs> TV shows. None. Um, guilty pleasure. I don't know. I don't know if I have any housewives. I guess because you watch them, so I don't have. I don't get the remote very often. Diet Coke. Oh yeah, yeah. Diet soda. About yeah, sorry. Diet soda. <laughs> I'm a diet soda. Yeah, fountain. Me? I have none. You're a lion. <laughs> You're a lion. I'd have to say donuts on Saturday morning. Pretty susceptible. Donuts. Pretty good. I was going to say health scores of our restaurants with health scores <laughs> of 70 or less. Yeah, that too. It counts. Which I'm sure we're getting drugged in. I'm getting drugged into something. Yeah. That's why I asked. I'm like, we can be back by noon so we don't have to... <laughs> Have lunch somewhere. <laughs> Has that always been a thing? You like to go to restaurants that are like dive restaurants? I just like to go to places that have been around a long time. And usually when that happens, their kitchens are falling apart <laughs> and their restrooms are falling apart and their dining rooms are falling apart. So no, I the health it. department doesn't look favorably upon that. I dig it. I was just curious. Yeah. All right. Product review, a.k.a. our fake sponsors, show and tell. I'm going to do the Whoop app. The whoop strap today because I'm the only one in the room that you well you use it too don't you? Joe Rogan did a big review on whoop so I'm I'm stealing Joe Rogan's review. I think it's awesome. If you haven't checked it out, it's a fitness app. It's a band kind of like um, the Apple Watch. Um, tracks heart rate variability. It's a cool fitness app. Check it out. We're not sponsored by Whoop, but it'd be pretty cool if we were. <laughs> so anyway. All right, today we're going to talk about Clean Eats Kitchen. Um, we get questioned almost damn near daily um, from customer support questions, um, franchisee questions from the franchise side of the brand. Um, so I figured, why the hell not just tell the story of Clean Eats Kitchen, kind of similar to the way that we did with Clean Eats in the very beginning of the podcast. So we have Jason Nista sitting next to us here. He's our business partner at Clean Eats Kitchen. Hello. That, that was enthusiastic. He's a man of words. <laughs> Are we going to get any words out of you today? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess the first thing to do is, you know, I, the reason why is, I, I just explained the reason why we were doing the show on Clean Eats Kitchen, but I want to start the whole thing out with the why of Clean Eats Kitchen, and I'm going to defer that one to you, because it's more or less kind of your baby. Um, yeah, so I, um, I guess it started 
we started franchising. So at the time before Cleaning's Kitchen, we only had 12, maybe 12 franchises. And so I hate being called small. So that's basically what the business world was calling us was a small startup. And so my idea of Cleaning's Kitchen, which again, it wasn't Cleaning's Kitchen at the time, it's evolved from there, but it was to kind of get our brand messaging out to more customers, um, to a bigger, vast majority of the states. And um, we couldn't do that fast, opening up franchises. So the only way we could do that is get our product in people's hands. So on my end of things, it was a little bit of marketing to make our brand look a little bit bigger so that people would start taking us a little bit serious, um, getting um, where there wasn't cafes we could fulfill the people who wanted to try clean eats with the direct to consumer and stuff. But it started out wholesaling first um, until Jason got involved. But um, that was, we were at the Charlotte opening and we were with um, our friends, Eric and Jeff, um, from Europa Sports, and at the opening lunch that day, um, Jeff put our business card and their business cards together and said, this looks like a great match. And so it started kind of with Europa with the whole wholesaling thing with the gyms and the, um, you know, the vitamin shop, or not the vitamin shops, but the supplement shops. And so, but then as things evolved, it went into direct-to-consumer and Jason can probably elaborate more on that one side of it. Yeah, but I think the one of the impetuses was that it was getting to more places faster. And there are so many food deserts out there where people would never have access to a cafe itself. And so by using the direct-to-consumer model, we were just able to get the food and get the brand out to so many places that it probably will never get to. Uh, and that was really what grew the brands in 2018-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to all the wholesalers that have supported the brand over the years, just also getting deeper into places where it wouldn't be able to support a cafe by itself. What about government contracts? We did at the time have um, Camp Lejeune. And we had one more. Remind me. We had Camp Lejeune and... Cherry Point. Cherry, Cherry Point. Point, yeah, at the time. And um, so we were wholesaling a little bit with that, and um, we were very successful with um, Camp Lejeune. And not only were we, but they were successful on our end selling the food and getting results for their Marines with the weight loss and the, you know, direct being able to direct them to a product that could get them um, with their goals. And then that led into... Uh, um, Pufert was the next one that came on board and then Quantico and those guys and now we are in Colorado and Camp Pendleton we do a lot in San Diego as well so a lot of Marine Corps bases carry the meals on base for the Marines to purchase we're not in we have one Air Force base correct Mm, I don't know I think we have one Air Force, but we have not gotten into the the rest of it. So how do you, I think we need to talk about how to explain Clean Eats Kitchen as it exists right now, along with Clean Eats, the franchise company. I think that's a kind of a, a common misconception with customers out there. 
that it's you know it is one brand but it's two separate avenues of a cho- it's a choice basically um you know like jason said a minute ago the the goal was to get it into these places where we didn't have these cafes but you know as we've grown this thing just like anything else it grew really fast and it grew fast enough that customers are are we're getting confused we're, i think we've done a good job now in the last six seven eight months of kind of delineating the two i guess if you will but customers still think that when they order meals from the cafe they're going to be delivered so how do you want to i think we need to explain that a little bit there's a lot of (laughs) um so yeah um well so it's two different models under the same brand so the cafe's Um, I guess just some bullet points that separate the two, the cafes, meal plans, they have a live cafe menu where people can come in and sit. And then um, we also have a weekly changing menu of six items and um, the grab and go cooler. So all of those meals that people purchase from a cafe location are all made on site. So a lot of um, misconception out there is that they think that the Clean Eats Kitchen supplies the franchise owners the food and we do not do that they are only supply the tools to make those meals um, and the you know support behind that but every cafe owner makes fresh food all the food on their premises we do not do anything that with that with the kitchen so the kitchen side um, the bullet points on that is that um, we are inspected by a USDA um, compliance officer every day um, they're here to make sure that the um, food is, um, I guess, that's a, produced uh, under inspection, really. Well, I produced mean. under inspection. I was just saying, like, they make sure that things are cooked, cooled, um, that they're, you know, the there's SSOPs, which is like the standards to keep the food safe under their inspection. They check weight. They check um, I mean, they check everything. They're, they're here every day walking around, making sure that everything is safely produced and executed to the customers. Um, our, so with that being said, we have labels. And with those labels that they approve, we cannot change the menu every week. So that's why the Clean Eats Kitchen uh, menu changes once a month. And not to say that the cafes are dirty. Oh, no. They're no, no. also inspected as well. They are inspected by county yeah. and under different stuff. Yeah. So we just... Two different inspections. It's just different. Just different. Did I hit all the bullet points? I think so. You hit the bullet points. They're just different levels of convenience for different customers as well. You know, if you live near a cafe and it's convenient and easy for you to get to, then there's a lot of really good options there. Um, But if you don't or you're not able to get to a cafe, you can have it sent through FedEx, um, sent the meal, sent through FedEx right to your door. And so it really just depends on what the customer wants. I agree. I think uh, while we're on the subject of, of customer confusion, I think the part of the confusion and the battle that Yvonne and I had when we ramped this thing up was a lot of our franchisees were really upset about it. And they thought that we were trying to compete with them. They thought that we were, you know, purposely trying to take business away from them by shipping these meals within, you know, their little franchise territory that they have. And completely not the case. And I think that. You know, the way that I explained it to these guys in a big event that we had last year was, you know, 
when you build something like this, you can't plan for everything up front. It's almost damn near impossible. So I think over time, especially now, you know, I mean, does it sit well with all of them still? Maybe not. Maybe not a few of them. But I think most of them, I think that it, they get the benefit of it now versus the, of the brand recognition versus what they did in the beginning because they didn't really understand what we were doing. Yeah. And now that we've keep going and the more that we keep growing the kitchen side, the distribution side of the brand, I make it a point to be as transparent as I can with these franchisees on what we're doing and why we're doing it. And especially some of the things that it's, it's led to us benefit like positively, you know, um, just different sports teams and different things that we've been able to accomplish with the brand has benefited the franchise side also, not to mention, I mean, I don't want to bore anybody with food costs and all of that stuff. We don't have to talk about that, but it does help those guys, you know, with the way that our, our model works. Yeah. I mean, we're not doing this to compete against our owners at all. I mean, my, my view of it is that we are helping them. We're helping them, like you said, with the food costs, with the brand, with the social marketing, um, you know, I still, Jason will probably disagree with me, but I still think word of mouth is like the biggest advertising method that we have. <laughs> but it is Hey, true. Granny, you got to go <laughs> check out this cafe. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you get people talking about it and talking on their social media and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, we're not here to compete against anybody. We're one brand and, even though we work two separate ways, it's to build it together. Let's jump into growth. You guys aren't very lively. You guys need to. Like... <laughs> it's hot in here, man. <laughs> You're um, usually the first one that's sweating. I'm over here. Like, I'm sweating. <sighs> um, we started Cleaning's Kitchen out of one of our restaurants. I think that's a cool story. I think it's <laughs> kind of really cool. Jason I mean, didn't believe in me, well, cool and story. no, I was kidding. Uh, yeah, so. And or we didn't have any money. We were broke, which, I mean, is technical. But yeah, I wanted, I had a space, which thank God that first did not work out. What space? Um, across the street from Racine. Oh, God. Oh, the crazy catering guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would oh. have been terrible. Yeah, so thank God he uh, just kind of did a 180 at the last minute. That guy was crazier than a shithouse rat. <laughs> I was trying to be like political yeah. correct on here. <laughs> He's still in business. He's still a part of the community. There's a parental advisor. So yeah, so um, at that point we had already, the reason why we got to the cafe is because that deal broke out. There was nothing else available, so we were... I wouldn't say we were panicking yet, but we had to do something. And so our Monkey Junction location, you know, it was, um, I don't know how many square feet, but it was bigger um, kitchen in there. So um, we made that as a cafe. And then um, during the other hours and the other space that we did USDA out of the back of it, which was, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. We had a huge walk-in fridge, and we just placed it in the middle of the dining room of this cafe, and people just had to, like, maneuver around it as we were producing USDA meals throughout the day and freezing them down in the cafe itself. If you could have seen it, it was nuts. And then nobody we, ever complained. No one ever said anything. Nobody ever noticed it or complained. I'm sure not, not Big that Big silver box it. in the middle of the dining room, and they just accepted it. Like, yep. I'm like... 
it looked like we were very, very busy. And so I think people were like, whoa, oh, what's going on yeah. here? Do you and want then, to talk about the night we put that big box together? Remember that? Yeah. I don't know where Jason was on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was out of town that day. Well, he, you aren't even going to buy the freezer. So I took my, I don't even know how yeah. it happened. I ended up purchasing. You loaned money to the company. Essentially. Yeah. So I got a loan and bought two freezers and that forklift. I was so proud of the forklift. It wasn't even, it was like a manual remote control forklift, which we still have. Forklift is a generous term. (laughs) It goes up and down, but that's about it. (laughs) We were on a budget. Oh, the old manual thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We still have it. It's still here. Yeah. So, but Ben Mitchell helped us put the freezer in our shipping location. I'm using that as a funny term too. Our shipping. Room. I always forget that was about a that. funny place. I always forget that we had to like yep. <laughs> take them from one point to the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and then me, you, and Tara basically just bench pressed the thing up there. It wouldn't fit through the doors. It was just terrible. Well, I was talking about the. Was that the same night that you you Cried? basically had a freaking no. meltdown? <laughs> no, that was um, the first day that we produced food. So I had in my head, and the reason why I am totally against business plans and anything else is because whatever works on paper does not work in real life. So I had bought carts, which I, in my head I was going to <laughs> fill the carts up um, as we were producing the food and then roll them into the freezers, and then our shipping location was down the road from us. So we had to rent a Penske truck oh, to— I forgot about this. You forgot about all this? Oh my God, that was the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I bought, they were basically carts that locked on all four sides and wheeled them in. So at the time we were filling the cart, we had put it into our walk-in cooler. Me and Don had a football event that we had to go to and didn't get done with that until 9 p.m. that night. But this Rack of food had, I don't think you know the story. The rack of food had to get in the freezer for the weekend because it was Friday night. So I did not realize when the walk-in free or the walk-in, yeah, freezers came in that they had a floor on them. So they were not level with the ground. About five inches tall. So I also did not realize how much the Arnold wrap weighs with 900 and some meals on a cart. I thought me and Don could bench press or like just squat lift this um, rack up and put it into the freezer and we would just have a great weekend. It did not go that way. So it was heavy as shit. We could not lift it. And then if anybody knows my husband very well, like he will tell you every reason why I did not think out the whole reality of the situation. Like I didn't plan for this. I didn't plan for that. And I just basically fell on the ground and started crying and said, I'm done. Everyone can have everything. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. It was almost over cried. before it started. It was a temper tantrum. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I cried for about 30 minutes, and then he bought me sushi, and um, we figured out that they make ramps for the <laughs> freezer. Yep. And when we bought I the ramp. I found one at 2 a.m. online. <laughs> yep, it was like 2 a.m. that he he was like, once I cry, like that's all, I get my way. So um, he found the ramp, and then we got the ramp that weekend and rolled the cart in there. So part B of that great plan was when Jason picked it up on the Penske truck. <laughs> Man, I 
forgot all about that. Was there a lift gate on this truck? No, there was, but as was already noted, those things weighed like a thousand pounds. Yeah. And so we still had to manhandle them to get them in there. And it was, I think we did that like twice maybe ever. And we were like, this is not going to fucking work. We got to figure <laughs> something else out. Well, because you were by yourself down at the That's the storage true. unit. Yep. I was rolling these thousand pound carts off and they're just getting ready to crush me. All the meals would fall. Yep. Is that when the blue smurf, smurf totes came about? Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Pretty much. So that was like, they were just like, we ran to Walmart. What can we put these meals in? There was these big Christmas tree or the, the storage totes from Christmas because it was like November. Yeah. So they were all, they started out red and then they get green and then blue. Yeah. <laughs> so we bought these totes and we have tried to figure out other methods of these totes, but uh, they Still work. Yeah. yeah. Well. So, so we're the, no longer in the cafe. This would be a short podcast if we were still in the cafe. Yeah. We've since grown from there. That's so second lease, though, here where we're sitting today, I basically said I was signing it without you. Like, you t- were totally against it. Remember? Was I? You were. So it's kind of funny how the story goes because I was totally against this place. Or no, you were against this place. Too big. We can't afford. Or I don't know what you even like your bullet points of what you said. But I'm like, we're I'm signing the lease. So we signed the lease. Eight months later, we outgrow this place. Is it was it even eight months? Six months? Four months? Yeah, it wasn't long. Jason presents me with a lease for sixty thousand square foot, and I'm like, we can't do this. It's too big. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'm not signing it. And then we you we signed it, and now we're going tomorrow to look at. It. Another location. Yep. And we're still at this location. Yep. And now we're in Salt Lake. Well, I guess Salt Lake's a whole other story, too. Another thing. I just don't think you support me on these stories. Like, <laughs> so then we're sitting in the conference room when you decide that you are going to go full time onto the kitchen because it was growing that fast. So you decided to go full time to the kitchen. I said my goal was to get to the West Coast. You told me you draw the whole map out for me. Remember? I, I still have it hanging around here somewhere. <laughs> he says, we will not this go to the West. Country. I, that. <laughs> yep. I hung it on my office door. So she had to see it every time she came into my office. And so I always meant to like, I love California shirts, like bumper stickers. Like I was trying to like, I like if you, people don't understand probably our relationship that much, but it's just, we push each other's buttons to someone explodes at some point in the year, I think. But he said, we're not going to go to West Coast. There's enough people here to ship meals to. And look at where we're at now, West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the, the West Coast warehouse is also a cool story. I mean, it ain't, it's it's kind of rare on on uh, how that happened. So I, I don't really, Who who wants to explain that one? Because, I mean, you pretty much packed it. I mean, Yvonne just said it. We just fought tooth and nail on it, and eventually she just wore me down. And I was like, fine, forget it. <laughs> we'll make it work. And so we just kind of went for it. And uh, it took almost a year, really. Was from, it a year? I mean, it's been almost a year, right? But you moved your whole family out there. It was nine we months went, or a year. We packed yeah. up one day and went and looked for real estate. Mm-hmm. That was in May of 2019. Yep. Um, so it took like nine months to f- get the place started, but uh, 
Yeah, so we, we were trying to find a location on the West Coast that would allow us to ship everywhere in the continental U.S., and there were a couple of different spots, and just ha so happens that Salt Lake City is like geographically the center of it, and I don't think either of us have ever been there in our lives, and we didn't know anybody. We knew nothing about Salt Lake City, and we showed up on a plane, and we had a real estate agent meet us, and we like drove around for like two hours, and we are like, okay, this is good, and we just like chose a spot and went with it. We had two. We had two. Yeah. But one of them didn't work out. Which so. was probably the only time we ever agreed on the two locations. <laughs> we only looked at three. <laughs> we we didn't like have many eight options. Of them that day. I don't remember. We drove if everywhere. And were. still, like the funny story of that whole thing, the guy who was showing us the real estate still did not know who the hell we were. <laughs> he, <kept laughs> he still saying, has no idea. <laughs> he still this has day. no clue who we are. Just, but, but yeah, so we just like out of the blue chose this location and uh, we started building it out. But uh yeah, Dom was alluding to, I moved with my wife and son out there in uh, like October 2019, and we were there for six months, just like doing construction and figuring out sourcing and how everything was going to work, hiring a staff and starting to produce. And uh, it was a fun experience and just not knowing anybody or anything, like learning from scratch. Um, but it was good. Now we're live and it's like fully operational, 100%, and they're, they're jamming. So it's good. We had funny stories out there, too. We got broken, too. How many times? That's not funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Not knowing it's, anything about funny. a place, and your real estate agent's like, this is a really great spot, and then doesn't tell you that the crime level there is, like, the highest in the country, and, yeah, they break and into our spots a lot. the state of Salt Lake City is... The state of uh, Salt Lake City? Well, no, the, um, the medical thing is right next door oh, to yeah, us. Where they keep all the good drugs. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Door. That didn't come up until after the fact. There's like this really nondescript like warehouse next, like adjacent to our warehouse bay. And it's the, oh, I shouldn't tell people this. They're going to look it up online. Well, they have a, um, it's labeled, it's, um, it's labeled. Anyway, it's they didn't tell me, they didn't tell me not to tell you. So if you're yeah. looking for drugs, um, <laughs> The state of Utah has like this backup like bomb shelter facility next to ours and they store like all these life-saving drugs in there and I guess the crackheads found out that it's in there and so they were <laughs> they break into the place all the time to try to steal these drugs. But they and broke in our place and then would kick the wall in, right? That's right. So they would go through our facility and they would just knock in the drywall and go into the next one and steal all the drugs and run away. And so that well, was the good news that was a thing for a while. Good news is we can keep them fed for a while. Yeah, yeah. Some energy to keep so going. So they could take anything out of our place they want. And There's then during the almost the final inspection, the earthquake happened out there. Yeah, that was interesting. I'd never been through an earthquake, and uh, I was in like I was renting a U-Haul to come back to move back, and I was in the U-Haul place, and the place just started shaking like crazy. And this old man's waiting on me from behind the counter. And he's like. It's an earthquake. <laughs> and he just fucking bolted out the front door. And I had no idea what the protocol was. So I just like chilled and just waited. And the place just kept shaking and stuff was falling off the walls. And it was wild. But So an hour before our final walkthrough with the USDA to get, right? It was. Yeah. That happened. At the time of the earthquake, U.S. Foods was trying to um, deliver us a thing. And he was in the truck during the earthquake. So then Jason, he's like, the place is jinxed. Like, it's just like, I can't, there was like a whole bunch of stuff that happened that day or that week that we couldn't. Yeah. And it ended up cracking our floor, right? And they yeah, had to redo. There's, there's all kinds of damage that it caused throughout Salt Lake City that time, but it was scary. But then we passed and now it's running. Here we so. are. So did they have to redo that whole floor? Because I went out there and that's a big floor. 
Yeah, they redid a lot of it. They had an epoxy. We have like an epoxy floor across all of our kitchens, and they had to rip it up and redo a bunch of it. An hour before our final inspection. <laughs> no, I remember. It's a pretty nice facility out there. That's yeah. Jason's going back Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> what about the future? So we told everybody how this whole thing started, which is pretty comical stories. Our growth path. And where are we going with this thing? <laughs> We're Still all eyeing ch- each other up like, uh, <laughs> what's the next move? Yeah, who wants to touch that one? I was going to say we were not on the same page on this one, but again. But looking backwards, when are we ever on the same page? <laughs> Never. I've heard right? St. Louis. I've heard Oklahoma City. I've oh, heard Chicago. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, Don, can I get a break? God we just mind. have, we had triplets. Like, it's <laughs> triplets are hard. So Listen, triplets. I'll take the St. Louis one. I'll go home and. Yeah, if anybody's listening here that's in St. Louis <laughs> that wants to open a facility, let us got know. A good job for you. Yeah. No, but the point that Don was getting at was like, are we going to open more facilities? Like, how many more customers are we going to serve? What does the growth model look like? And I would. Like, you never know. Yeah, I would say um, as much frustration through all of this that with FedEx, like, I would love to. Um, be able to line FedEx up with like a non-air pad, like you know, like everything could almost be there within the two days. So it, oh, yeah. if it arrives a third day, we still can, still are good, you know. Because I made a post and um, you didn't comment on it. I figured I'd get some blowback on it, but I had um, you know the FedEx guy shutting the door. But once our packages are on FedEx, like we cannot control anything that goes. To that and it drives me crazy because you know like either fedex just puts it back on the thing or they hide it in someone's backyard or they i don't know i think half our packages go home with them and they eat them i you know <laughs> so it's probably also possible you know so i don't i don't know we where these packages it. go and for us to put the time and effort and pack in those boxes it drives me crazy jason said we're fine like don't worry about it. Focus forward. But it still drives me crazy. But I think your post on Instagram was like, God bless our customer support people. Yeah. Because they get taken. Our a- customer support team gets crushed. And it's not their fault. That's that's what she's getting at. It's like if you ever deal with customer support, you know, a lot of times, it's definitely never the customer support person's fault. Like they didn't do anything wrong. So like be easy on them. But a lot of times it's not even the company's fault. Like it's an intermediary's fault or something went wrong with the delivery. And it's like, you want to blame the company. Like, oh, I paid you this money to complete this transaction. But we're just like, you know, we're part of the transaction and a cog in the wheel. And we pay FedEx to do stuff for us. And sometimes they fail too, but they never get any shit about it. No, no one can ever reach FedEx, but they can reach us, you know, and some of the things I could not do are customer support. I know (laughs) I would probably have to be on antidepressants. (laughs) And it's 24 seven, man. You'd be surprised how many people at 3 a.m. are so pissed. It's unbelievable. And then not only do they just do that, then if they don't get response within just a few minutes, it's like they start channeling everywhere so they start calling all of our cafes which then that makes them mad and then they like we will get to you like just just sit there like you're in a in the line with people and we're (laughs) we're getting there we could build a new people love lines huh 
Huh? We could build a new website and put AI on it. <laughs> oh, people so love that. Automated responses yeah. that are based off of what questions you ask. But it comes from every like every social media yeah. that they can think of. Every like somehow some of them get my personal cell phone. I don't even know. I think the cafe members just get so mad. They're like, here's her personal number. And so I'll pick up. Yeah. I think we do a pretty damn good job of it, though. Yeah. Statistically, I, I we do. do. That's why I, I say I we don't have a problem. Is our numbers are really good. And like yeah. you said, there's we get to 100% of the customer support tickets that are filed. It just, if you file it Friday night at 3 a.m., it may not be gotten to for a day or two. And so, you know, but we, we do handle 100% of them well. Yeah. All right, well, before we wrap it up, I think we should tell people, like, how to locate Queenie's Kitchen and how to utilize it. If anybody's listening that doesn't know how to, I don't think there would be too many. But if there were, you know, obviously we have the website, cleaneatskitchen.com. You can still go to cleaneats.com if you happen to fall onto that site first. Um, the technology with that website works a little bit of diff- a little bit different. It'll just ask you where you're located, and if you're not around a cafe, it'll just redirect you. It'll it'll completely redirect you to cleaningskitchen.com. So, um, and there's we we have a lot of wholesale accounts too. As we started the conversation talking about where that is, but there's a store locator on cleaningskitchen.com that'll show you like all of the wholesalers that are also selling our food. So if you want to shop local, you can still prop your local supplement shop or gym and go to them and get our products through them as well that's really cool i like that i, I like that feature, especially now because everybody's pushing buy local so much so yeah and um i guess we get a question too if they want to become a wholesale vendor what's the do they still do the website or do we have uh yeah just through the website if you go to cleaningskitchen.com and click on like the buy in bulk there's a wholesale option there that you can Hook up with our support team, and they'll get you set up with an account and get you taken care of. Cool. I don't have anything else unless you guys do. That was the story of Queenie's Kitchen. That's it. No, just if you're interested in any of those positions, reach out. (laughs) We are hiring. (laughs) We are hiring. We're always hiring, so if you're wanting to be with, you know, I mean, it's endless lunches. Not endless lunches, but you do get lunch every day. So that's a cool thing about working with us. Me and Jason do fight throughout the warehouse, so that's kind of entertaining once in a while. Yeah, it's been fun. (laughs) All right, guys, till next time.